2: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game back out of the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929 Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, you can always hit me up at JMCH316. Been a pretty wild first few weeks in the world of college football. Certainly plenty of upsets galore and. Funny storylines here locally as well. Let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Let's talk to Chris Vanini. He is the senior college football writer for The Athletic. You can check out all of his work at theathletic.com. And, of course, he is on Twitter. He is at Chris Vanini. Chris, uh, appreciate a few minutes, man, here in Atlanta this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chris, how much do you think that Georgia has actually started to separate itself from Alabama this year? given what the way that these two teams have looked at the start of the season.
1: I mean, Georgia looks even better than before, which didn't seem possible. And that's because (laughs) of the versatility of, of the offense. And that starts with Stetson Bennett, the quarterback who has absolutely lit it up through three weeks. And in, in our staff Heisman straw poll that we put out today, he was second in our Heisman ballot behind CJ Stroud of Ohio state. He, his ability to make plays with his arm, make plays with his feet has really stood out. They dominated an Oregon team in week one, an Oregon team that just went and handled BYU uh, last weekend. So right now, Georgia looks far ahead of everybody. Alabama obviously you know, narrowly beat Texas a couple weeks ago. They've got concerns at, at wide receiver, at defensive back. And so uh, right now, Georgia is a clear number one. Chris, when we look at
2: Ohio State, um, you know, obviously they got on track offensively this this Saturday, but, you know, it is against Toledo. You think that their offense is where they want it to be right now? I mean, obviously, you know, Jack Smith and Jigba's been dealing with some injury. didn't play a couple of weeks before that, and this, any other. But, you know, obviously, you know, we'll see what's going on with Henderson. But you think offensively they're where they think they want to be? I mean, as the competition level will you know, finally start to increase here soon?
1: I do. I think it just comes down to the injuries, like you were talking about. Jackson has been the Jigma's coming back from something. Uh, Travion Henderson, they, they've had some issues at some of the skill positions. But you go back to that Notre Dame game, and obviously Notre Dame is not what we thought at the time, but Ohio State was able to run the ball in that game and put the game away with, with, with the ball on the ground. And that was an issue with the team last year. It felt like it, they, they too much relied... On that passing attack, they weren't tough enough. They got pushed around by Michigan. And so far, this looks like an Ohio State team that has found some of that toughness again. Now, they haven't really been tested. Wisconsin, you know, this week is kind of... that That's a game that tests your toughness. And I think that's something we're going to want to see. Can they run the ball against Wisconsin in what is usually a pretty strong defense? And, I mean, Ohio State's heavily favored to win. But things like that are going to be something I'm watching for.
2: Senior college football writer for The Athletic, Chris Vanini, joining us on the waitforward.com hotline. All right, let's talk about another team here for a minute locally. How much is Jeff Collins dead man walking at this point? Is there, I mean, I don't, if you look at the second half of their schedule at Florida State, Carolina, Georgia, there ain't a whole lot of W's to be looked at on their schedule. How much do you think he's dead man walking after that performance on Saturday?
1: Yeah, it's it's obviously in a very, very rough place, and it, it feels like the writing is on the wall there. He's, I think, 10-27 overall. He hasn't won more than three games in a year. And the recruiting, which was supposed to be kind of the saving grace of all of it, and a big reason he was hired, hasn't been any better than it was before him. So you mentioned the second half of that schedule. It only gets tougher from here. A 42 nothing loss to, to Ole Miss was obviously very – Disheartening here for a Georgia Tech fan. It's hard to see a turnaround at this point just based on what they have and based on what is still to come. And considering two Power 5 jobs have already opened now, sometimes these things create uh, an urgency
2: elsewhere. You know, Chris, one of the other things that I think is going to be interesting this year, you know, it was pretty much a fait accompli that, forget, put the playoffs aside, that Cincinnati was going to be a really good team and, and probably the best you know, group of five team that was out there. This year, though, you know, again, we just saw Houston lose again. Cincinnati's already lost. You know, BYU lost over the weekend. Who's going to sort themselves out among the non-Power 5 teams to try to get that, you know, bowl game bid this year? It seems like it's a pretty jumbled mess between a lot of those teams.
1: Yeah, it, it's a down year for the group of five, without a doubt. I mean, it's now two weeks in a row that there hasn't been a group of five team ranked. And the reason is because almost all of them have losses. There's only three undefeated group of five teams left. That's Tulane, Costa Carolina, and James Madison, who's only 2-0. and So Cincinnati has a loss. Houston has a loss. Boise State, San Diego State, Utah State, Appalachian State, Marshall, uh, UCF, they've all got a loss. And so that really opens it up to anybody in any conference at this point. We, we don't have an undefeated Cincinnati like we had the last couple of years. We don't have an undefeated UCF like we had a couple of years before that. It's wide open, and that is going to make for a lot more exciting games later into the year with the group of five because there's going to be so many more teams involved. But it makes for, for, for less ability at the top. App- Appalachian State is the highest ranked, the closest to being ranked group of five team at the moment because they beat Texas A&M. But, you know, Cincinnati, that opening seven-point loss at Arkansas doesn't look so bad now. You know, it's, it's a top-ten team who who has had looked pretty good this year, and obviously Missouri State gave them a scare. But it could be a team that perhaps beats Texas A&M this weekend. We'll see. Senior college football writer for The Athletic,
2: Chris Vanini, joining us on the waitfor.com hotline. Do you think Michigan is the fourth-best team in the country right now, or is this a matter of – We just maybe don't have enough on the resume for Clemson, South uh, Southern Cal, Oklahoma just yet.
1: Uh, It's a mix of both. I mean, Michigan—they were four or five to begin the year. They've blown out three of the worst teams in the country. They're just—they're going to stay there. You know, we just—we haven't seen anything to really truly evaluate them. I don't know if Maryland is really going to give them a push or not, but it's the first time we can actually compare them. To something, Um, I think that's it more than anything. They're coming off a Big Ten championship, a playoff berth. JJ McCarthy has won the quarterback job. They've got good running backs. Like we we know there's a lot of talent there. We know it's a good program. Somebody's got to be number four, and right Right. now there's just a lot of questions everywhere, especially early in the season. And it's it's kind of the same thing with Clemson, really. So it's you just sometimes you got to wait a number of weeks before you get something. Michigan just played arguably the. Easiest non-conference schedule in the history of college football, so can't go much off of that.
2: <laughs> who is a team or two that you think is – that so far has impressed you that you think is maybe better than what we thought or or is has a chance to, you know, make some real noise
1: this year? I mean, who is a couple of those teams for you? First one that comes to mind for me is Washington, which just whipped up Michigan State on Saturday to move to 3-0. and They've got the new coach, Kalen DeBoer, who came from Fresno State. they got Mac- Michael Penix Jr., who's played really well at quarterback, the Indiana transfer. Uh, this team looks electric, especially on offense. And if you look at their schedule, then their next five games are all very simple. It's not hard to see Washington suddenly starting the season 8-0 no, and then getting in the playoff discussion at that point before they have to play Oregon State. In Oregon and in Washington State, they don't play USC in a crossover game. So, Washington is a team that I'm really suddenly have my eye on, and then another is Tennessee, which is also three and oh, they beat Pitt, they got Florida at home this week. College game day, this will be a game where Tennessee's favored to win. Tennessee is almost never favored to beat Florida, and if Tennessee can win this game, move to four and oh. That becomes a top-ten team and, and, and really a quick turnaround there for Josh Heupel.
2: Yeah, I, I, if they can get their defense on track, their offense can play with most teams in the country. I agree with you. That 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 was my first pick as Tennessee. I, I like what Josh Heupel is doing there. Let me ask you about another team, because I picked this team for the playoffs because I wanted to be different besides just Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State. Um, I picked NC State to be a playoff team this year. Yes, they're 3-0. and Leary's not had a great start. He's not completing a very high percentage of his, his passes. He's not turning the football over. I love their linebacker core, and I love some of the things they can do on defense. But they feel like a team that you know, if they're going to be in this hunt, they got to get some things cranked up and going, especially offensively.
1: I mean, NC State with expectations is always scary yes. because you can never really <laughs> trust them to follow through. You know you they even kind of admit that there's some sort of curse that goes on there with with, with that program. So that's always kind of in the back of your mind. And we thought we might see that in week one when they barely escaped East Carolina, you know, and, but, but they handled Texas tech, which they needed to do this past week. The ACC looks down Clemson doesn't appear to be quite back to old Clemson or anything like that. So, um, you know, you, you, you certainly give them a shot. Devin Leary hasn't been as good as expected, but we know he's a very, very good quarterback. So, if anything, you, you say, hey, maybe NC State's just kind of trying to get through some things early in the season, and they haven't lost yet. And so that, that the, the, there's still plenty of room to improve, in, and, and we know what a lot of these players can do. Uh,
2: by the way, I think the curse is their coach, but that's a different discussion for another day. Um, Alabama, um, you mentioned it. You know, they obviously, look, I know it's Alabama, and it's five-star after five-star after five-star, but You just don't have four of some of the best wide receivers we've seen in college football over the last 20 years walking out of your program and multiple first-round draft picks without some kind of attrition at that position. I'm with you. I mean, is it more that their ability to stretch the field is more of a concern? Their offensive line hasn't come together yet. Defensive backs have some questions. If there is any sort of concern, and I say that kind of in air quotes, with Alabama, where's the biggest one
1: right now? Well, yeah, they have not been the Alabama we think of really for more than a year. And if you just think about almost every road game that they've played, they barely got past Florida last year. They uh, they, they barely got past Auburn, needed a late touchdown. They struggled with LSU at home. Uh, you, you, and you have the Texas game this year. When they're not at, at home, really, they have struggled a bit. There's been penalties and some other issues and stuff like that. But when it comes to receiver, yeah, they've lost an incredible number of first-round talent receivers that are all killing it in the NFL right now. And that, that's, that would hurt anybody. But what I expected with Alabama was, hey, with, with, with the creation of the transfer portal and, and everybody can transfer without sitting out, that is Alabama's never going to have a hole again. And you know, that Jameson Williams last year, their, their best receiver, one of the best receivers in the country, he was a transfer. He came from Ohio State. And so that's why it's surprising to see that. Their best offensive weapon right now, Jameer Gibbs, a running back, he's a transfer from Georgia Tech. And so really the, the holes at wide receiver are surprising for that reason. And clearly Bryce Young is just not seeing guys get open the way he wants to. He, let me just follow up with a quick last question.
2: If it was somebody else that had quarterbacked Alabama over the last couple of years besides Bryce Young, even if it was like Tua, you think they'd have another loss or two on their resume because Bryce Young has been so good and he's played so well this last year in a few games? You think another quarterback, if they were manning Alabama, they'd have an extra loss or two on their resume?
1: Well, he's, I mean, he single-handedly made that comeback against Auburn yeah. last year to send the game to overtime and win. Now, he didn't, he didn't have a good game otherwise, but, but he made the plays at the end to win. Same thing with Texas. He drove them down the field at the end when they needed it. So he, he has made plays in the big-time moments. That drive against Auburn and the, his performance in the SEC championship game, that won him the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. Th- that is why he won the Heisman last year, because when it comes down to these big moments and big games, he has stepped up. And, and, and that's a real credit to him. Follow him on Twitter, at Chris
2: Vanini. He is the senior college football writer for The Athletic. Theathletic.com is where you can check out his work. Uh, we'll get Chris on maybe again to talk some wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Uh, but anyway, join us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Chris, appreciate it, man. Thanks for spending a few minutes in Atlanta with us. Yep, thanks for having me. You got it. When we come back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. Two things to get into. Justin Fields. He's absolutely right. And natural selection is back at work. We'll get to all of that next. Chuck in the K-Studios. Sports right now. to the game. TheOdyssey.com app.